created from dust You came and you lived among us You took on our frame You walked in our pain Now you're taking us higher You stepped You stepped into time You laid down your life to save us You took all our shame On the cross it was laid Now you're taking us higher We go from glory to glory to glory
union with the Father and the power of the Spirit. Glory to glory. Through right now, how many of you need something? You need God to break through 
and to set something in motion that you want to see happen. Well, you know what? I just feel like while we're worshiping this morning and we're singing that song, let's just not sing it. Let's believe it. So whatever you're needing the Lord for right now, whatever breakthrough you need, let's just give it up to the Lord this morning, can we? Father, we come to you right now in that name that is above all names. Lord, one of your names, Lord, in Scripture is the Breaker God. And right now, God, we ask that you would give us a spiritual breakthrough. For those that are seeking employment, God, we ask that you would open the door that seems to be closed. Lord, for those that are seeking health issues, God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would reach reach down right now and touch our bodies, Lord. Father, for those that are looking for relationships that are that are broken, that need to be restored, God, I pray that you will be the God of reconciliation. Lord, we pray and ask that, Father, whatever the need is, Lord, if it's, if, it's a, if it's a financial need, if it's a relational need, if it's an emotional need, God, would you break off whatever is keeping us back from walking in your favor? And, Lord, I pray that the blessing of the book of Deuteronomy would be upon us, Lord, that we would walk in in our comings and our goings, Lord, before us and behind us, that, Lord, your blessing would be upon your sons and daughters. And, Lord, let this be a testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Now, Lord, we just surrender these situations to you. Lord, your word says that we're to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. So, Lord, right now, we just lay those things down. Lay them before the feet of Jesus, the miracle worker, the one who creates breakthrough, the one who releases the, the, the goodness and the mercy and the loving kindness of God. So, Lord, we just lay them before you right now in Jesus' marvelous name.
everything that the Lord wants to bring into your life? Are you open to his grace just flooding into you? Are you open to his presence just saturating all of your needs? You know, you could be seated. You know, we're going to just, it's interesting, I, uh, while we we're overseas, I, I was really stimulated to think a lot about the, the whole context of our relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Lynn's sister, Shelly, uh, was doing some teaching that was really absolutely amazing. She's actually going to be coming up and we're going to be doing a, a marriage uh, conference for the church and she's going to be on August 20th. Yeah, I'm giving the dates so you plan. Uh, but she, she sparked some thoughts in me about the, the relationship between Israel and the Christians. And so this last week I went to the library and I checked out an encyclopedia 
on uh, Judaism and started reading it and started studying some things. And one of the things that was interesting <clears throat> is that, how many of you know in October there's a thing called the Festival of the Booths? In Judaism, it's a time where they gather together and they, it's before uh, the, it's one of the three major religious ceremonies of the year for Judaism. It's a time where the males, uh, males in Judaism are required by law to go back to, to Jerusalem in the, in the time of, of Christ. And it was interesting because I was reading that and then I was reading in the Gospel of Luke and it kind of stimulated a thought for me. Listen to what Luke chapter 5 verse 3 through 11 says. It says, Then he entered one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked uh, him to put it out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when the, uh, he had done this, they caught such a great quantity of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats that they should come and help them. And as they came and filled both of the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished that all that were with him, because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also when James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not, from now on you will catch men. So when they brought their ship to land, they forsook all and followed him. And I thought about that. I thought about how this Festival of Booth was a gathering. And, 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 and the, the thing about the Festival of Booths is it was a time that you actually worshipped God for his blessings, not the blessings. And the problem with a lot of people, they worship God for the blessing. You know, oh, man, if I just serve the Lord, he's going to bless me and he's going to give me all my, my wants. No, he meets all of your needs according to Christ Jesus. And one of the things that is interesting, when I was reading through this, I thought about the focus on this, this story of Jesus with his disciples in the boat was the provision of God to meet every single need that they had was just spoken like that. And I thought, how, much, how many times do we actually go to the Lord and say, Lord, just meet my need, not my wants, meet my needs, you know? And I thought about this, and as I was reading Luke, I, I thought about how the disciples, you know, these, are, these were, quote-unquote, professional fishermen. This would be like us going up to San Francisco and going down to the, the, the docks and telling the fishermen, hey, you know, you've been doing it all wrong all night. You haven't caught anything. Let me show you how to do it. You know, as a religious leader, as a rabbi, if I would walk down there with my vestments on and tell them, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Pastor David. I'm here to tell you how to go fishing they would tell me how to go someplace, right? They wouldn't listen at all, right? But the disciples listened to Jesus, and as a result of that, they did, and the blessing of God came upon them. And I thought, how important is it for us to just listen, you know? We're, we're just singing a song, I'm open. But how many times are we open when we want to be open, but not open when we need to be open? You see, there's a big difference. There's a difference between being open all the time. You know, we should be 24-7, 365 in our openness to hear the voice of the Lord. But a lot of times we just want to do it when it's convenient for us. And God's, I really believe God's calling us to say, you know what, how many of us are open to, like the disciples here, I think of, you know, 
they use their business as a blessing to demonstrate the power of God to others. How many of us do we use our business, our work, to demonstrate the blessing of God to other people? How many of us do we say to people, you know, hey, the Lord has really blessed me in this area, and let me tell you what he's done. You know, it was beautiful. Uh, we shared last week, if you weren't here, we shared, and it's, it's not online because we shared a lot of confidential things, but one of the things we shared that was uh, open to share was uh, San Giovanni, Jyoti's sister, was healed of cancer. And she works for a multinational insurance company, and she tells everyone that knows her, I've been healed of cancer, and the Lord did it. And people can't deny that because they saw her when she had leukemia. They saw her when she was down, but yet she was able to rise up. You know why? Because she's open. And I just want us to, right now, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're needing the Lord to touch, just right now, just let's just lay it at his feet. Like the disciples laid the fish at his feet. You know, let's just lay it at his feet and say, Lord, whatever you have for me today, I'm open. Father, right now we come to you in that name that is above every name. Father, the name that even fish in an ocean and fish in a sea will obey. Father, this is the same, same body of water that you told the disciples to be, have peace and be still when the, the storm was raging. And God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Lord, whatever we're going through right now, Lord, we just yield it to you. We lay it down at your feet. Lord, for some of us, Father, we're dealing with a lot of emotional pain and a lot of emotional angst. Lord, we need the peace of God to pass into our lives and to calm our minds and calm our spirits. So, Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning that are dealing with that, that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would just bless them. Let them see that, God, you are more than enough to meet all their needs. Let them know that you want to, to cast your cares upon you because you care for us. Lord, for those of us that you're challenging us to, to go deeper into a relationship with you, I pray that, Lord, you would just draw us and let our hearts be so open to your spirit that lord we would be drawn into a, a an intimacy and a relationship with you that transforms us lord let do it from the inside out lord let let others see the transformation in us lord so that we could use it like like the disciples as a testimony of your goodness and your loving kindness and your forgiveness and your grace in our life and so lord i thank you right now and I, we just surrender all of this to you father because you are a good God who loves your sons and daughters immensely, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Aren't you glad the Lord loves you? Aren't you glad you don't have to do it, do it by works? It's all by his grace. Aren't you glad that the Lord is just available to meet you wherever you're at, no matter how together or untogether un you are? Is that even a word, untogether? Scattered as you may be, you know, the Lord still loves you. Doesn't, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be positioned to be in front of him. And that's what God wants this morning. Hey, we're glad you're here today. We uh, have a lot of things going on. If you're a guest with us, if you want to grab one of those communication cards in the pew back and just give us your information, we'll uh, put you on our newsletter if you want. We have a Friday newsletter that goes out that gives you tons of information and, and lots of events going on. Uh, one of the things we want to encourage you, you know, uh, there was just a, the city of Morgan Hill just did a thing this last Thursday evening on mental health. And mental health is a big issue right now because, uh, you know, one of the things I read in this encyclopedia of Judaism was that the whole Jewish faith was based upon community. You know that? 
If you read through Scripture in the Old Testament, even what they call the Shema, Deuteronomy, where it says, Hear, O Israel, for the Lord your God is one. It's a communal verse. It's not my God is one. It's your God. It's us as a community. And one of the things I think uh, that has happened with COVID globally is people are isolating. And that's not good for you. It's not good for us to be separated from one another. It's good for us to be together and to, to encourage one another and to strengthen one another and to speak love to one another. And so one of the things God wants us to do is God wants us to be connected. So we have lots of opportunities, men's and women's and youth, and we have co-ed groups, we have exercise groups, we have hiking groups, we have all sorts of things. It's a really good way for you to get connected to brothers and sisters. And uh, I really want to encourage you. We have a couple Bible studies going on on Wednesday night. We have a new Bible study starting this Wednesday. Cam's leading it. It's called The God I Never Knew. It's, it's the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. You're laughing, Cam, right? Yeah. Cam just got the notes this week, so we just ordered it. Uh, but it's, it's a great study. Uh, it's an excellent time. You'll love it. It's going to be a great time, men, for you to get together and plug in and work together and learn how the Holy Spirit wants to use you in, 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 in this kingdom, in this kingdom that he's establishing you in. And then the same thing, uh, that meets down in this uh, educational room. In the sanctuary, the women are studying the... Uh, uh, he Speaks to Me, How to Hear the Voice of the Lord. It's a great study for you to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and, and then, you know, we have a lot of things going on. One of the things you may or may not know is that we're going to have cake after service today. Do you know that? We are having a cake after service because we have someone that just became a citizen of the United Woo! States. Yeah. Woo! Yeah! We are so excited, so we're, we're you know, we, we're going to have cake for you. And if you don't want cake, I brought you back just a little tiny something from India. So if you don't want the sugar, <laughs> you know, we're excited. You know, India and Nepal, I want you to know this, and I want our church to know this. They love her because she is preaching the gospel in Nepali and in, in, in Nepal and in India using her, her Hindi. And everywhere we went, they said, tell sister we love her. Tell sister thank you. Tell sister thank you. You know, and this is the thing, Sound Booth, you guys need to know this. Guys and gals need to know this too. You are allowing the gospel to go into multiple nations by what, what you're doing. You know, and Rebecca, they all talk about when I say, do you guys know Rebecca? They say, oh, you mean the girl at the piano that jumps up and down all the time? You know? <laughs> So they know our church, you know, we are, and, and her husband, they say, they keep him in the cage. That's what they say. Her husband's stuck back in the cage. You know, as a result of what we're doing, people are being blessed. And we just want to celebrate the good news of, of your, your citizenship. You probably know more about the United States than most people sitting here, right? <laughs> so we're, we're excited for you. Uh, hey, uh, if you want to listen to our sermons, uh, they're all online except for last week's because of the confidentiality of what we shared. We didn't record or broadcast anything from last week. Uh, if you weren't here, you want to know about what happened, talk to Pastor Lynn and I or, or Mike or Angie. Uh, it was a great trip. Our ministry partner this week is John Pergotti. Uh, John Pergotti is a great organization of young professionals in northern India that basically... Uh, they're a group of people from all different church backgrounds, and they actually go in and they have slum schools, 
They have uh, educational programs for the disenfranchised. They have the Mackay House, which is a center for rescuing babies. And while we were there, uh, I, I wasn't able to go into where the women were because of the government requirements and regulations, but Pastor Lynn did, and one of the little babies crawled up on her lap, and we saw uh, the, the wall of remembrance for the, the babies that were uh, dedicating to the building we helped build, and we also saw, uh, there were 13 or 16, 16 babies that had been rescued that would have been aborted uh, that God used us as a church to help do, Amen. and thank God for that, you know. Uh, so every time you uh, think of, uh, you see a little baby or you see something, think of Mackay House, think of John Pergotti. They have a great, a great ministry. As a matter of fact, they actually have in a mosque, they have a training center that the, the Muslim Iman has allowed them to set up so that they could train young ladies in sewing and things like that. Isn't that amazing? You know, and, and, and that's just part of our community. So. We support them and, uh, and uh, we believe in them. They do a great work. They're very highly accountable people. And it was a pleasure to be with them. We did a couple days of training with them. It was really great to see what God was doing. So we want to just bless them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for John Pergotti and our ministry partners in that part of the world. Father, I pray you'd supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory. I pray that you would meet every financial need that they have. I pray that you would extend them. I pray that you would give them more young women and young boys and ladies to, to nurture and to help. I pray for their house, that, Lord, you would bless it. I pray that, that God, that the, the government policies and regulations that they need to meet, they would not just meet, it, but they'd exceed. I pray you give them favor with the Indian government as a, a center for raising up and saving children, Lord. And I pray that, Father, you would do this for your glory and your honor. In Christ's name, amen. We're going to wait upon you for your tithes and offerings. Uh, you could uh, drop that in the offering uh, plate. If you're a guest or visitor and you filled out a communication card, you could just drop that in as well, and we'll uh, give you any information you want. Let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you this morning that we could come to you in the name of Jesus, and I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would just bless this offering, bless each gift and each giver, Lord. I pray that those who are giving out of need, you'll meet all their needs according to your riches and glory. And I pray that those who are giving out of abundance, Lord, you'd bless them even more. And then may they use their wealth to expand your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for each and every gift. Help us as a church to be good stewards and managers of those resources so that we can extend the gospel, not just to the South Valley, but around the world. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. God bless you as you give. I believe the wonder-working God is the wonder-working God. All the miracles we'll see, too good to not believe. It's the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love. All the miracles we'll see, too can't believe it, but it's only been one week since we came back. Yesterday, we were having a lunch, and, and, it, and I said, is it really only one week since we came back from India? It feels like a lot longer than that. 
besides the fact it feels like winter here compared to 105 in India. <laughs> so I'm like, it's freezing here. It's freezing. I mean, nose is running, uh, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff because we were in 105 weather, mostly not AC. How many of you are not big on AC, by the way? Okay, I'm not a big AC person anyway, but the, the humidity and uh, the heat there didn't bother me a bit, not one bit. Not one bit, but we'll get there here in a few weeks. We'll get that warm weather going, but it hasn't been good to have the rain, right? Hello? Hello? Did you all leave? Okay, here we go. <laughs> By the way, it is so true. <laughs> you guys, are, are you not used to my sarcasm? Remember me? Here I am. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, the, the internationally in India and Nepal, they do enjoy these services and our tongues of fire and the church is strengthened. It's interesting because during our time, we had two parts. One part was the ministry that we did. The other part was the evaluation of ministries that we support because I want to make sure that your dollar goes where it needs to be going. So in evaluating the ministries, one thing that I came to the conclusion was, is those ministries that kept connected to us through the online ministry that we had for them were strong, very strong themselves. The leaders were strong. The people were strong. Um, in the past, when I have gone, I have found them much more weakened and needy than they were. But because we have been investing in them over the year, I find that they are spiritually strong and much more um, strengthened in their knowledge of the Word of God. So I, we're going to continue doing it. It's what the Lord has for us. Amen. Amen. Lord's on the move. Congratulations, Rama. And you also looked really good in that picture we showed, too. That looked really good. Really good. It's good when somebody puts a good picture up. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever had somebody put a bad picture up? You're all like, really? <laughs> really right now? I, you know, <laughs> come on, people. Come on, we all have a little vanity. I mean, everybody has a little vanity. Okay. Lord, forgive us for that vanity right now. Forgive us. Okay. I believe God has more. That's what the word that Lord spoke to me while I was in India. Is, I want you to tell the people God has more. When I return, that's the first message that I was to give to you is that the Lord has more for you. So many times we can get uh, kind of petered out or stagnant or coasting or in some sort of place of just uh, dormant or whatever you want to say that we, and especially for some of us have been in the faith a long time, we can get to the place that we think that we've kind of maxed out on what God has for us. But the truth is this, God has more for you. A lot of times you say, oh, the Lord needs to have more for my husband. You got to know about him. no. Today's message is for you. The Lord has more for you. Doesn't matter what season your life is in. You can be a young mom. You can be a teenager. You can be old. You can be a grandparent. You can be a great-grandparent. The Lord has more for you. 
I want to say something about the season of the church. Pastor Dave and I are connected to the bigger group of uh, the church and ministry and denominationalism and all that stuff. And we actually kind of stay pretty fringe to those types of things on purpose because we are about his kingdom. We are about his kingdom, not the kingdoms of this earth, whether it be any sort of political kind of kingdom, including church politics. We're not about those kingdoms. I don't rejoice in the downfall of any organization, the downfall of any ministry. I don't rejoice in the downfall of any of those things. We should pray. If you hear about those things, you need to pray. Because that's the enemy at work trying to kill, steal, and destroy the witness of the church. Do not engage in gossip regarding those things. You know why? Because that's the enemy of the glory of God. I'm going to tell you something, and this has really, this is kind of a sidetrack thing, but Jesus prayed, John 17, 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be as one as we are one. I have given them the glory that they may be as one. So I'm going to say this. When the enemy is about trying to create disunity and destruction in the church of Jesus Christ, that is the enemy of his glory. And we will not be participants. Come on. Come on. We're going to take this. We're not going to be participants in being the enemy of the glory of God. And there's a lot of that going on. And And people justify it. And they're talking, they justify it in their discussion. I'm going to say this house, this people, these pastors will not be the enemy of his glory. We will pray as Jesus prayed that we will be one for his glory. Because that is how people are going to know that, that Jesus is real. Right? Amen? Okay. The other thing, too, in being gone and just praying and... Because we have ministry there, but we have a ministry. This is our home ministry. This is the, the ministry by which all other ministries um, uh, take place. This is the mother-father ministry here. Is that we are not going to market Jesus to the world. We're not going to market Jesus or Christianity to appeal to the flesh of man or the world. I'm going to, the Lord said, I want you to do two things. And and I want you to know what this is. So that you know the type of people you're following. You know the mission of this church. Preach my word and love people. Two things. Preach my word. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of my word. And love people. Love people not conditionally, whether they're obeying the word. Love people with the agape love unconditionally. That's what we're going to do. So we're going to keep it real simple Jesus around here. And when everything else may be swirling around and you get all these other kinds of messages and chatter about other things, I want to say real simple Jesus. We're going to preach his word and we're going to love people unconditionally. That's the foundation of these ministries. Every, every, every ministry that flows from this house, globally, locally, will have that mission on our lives. Amen? You with me? God has more. God has more for you. God has more for this house. And God is speaking that he has more. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. 
And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is spirit. Ever-increasing glory. Glory. What is glory? That word is a biblical word. We hear it. But glory actually biblically means manifest presence of the Lord. Manifest presence, which is associated with this, with a person experiencing God's presence in a tangible way. So when Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, and when I'm preaching this word to you, in the same way, we as human beings, the Lord wants to bring ever-increasing glory to our lives. Not, oh, I experienced his glory in the past, because this is a present verb. Ever-increasing. From this place, present, going into the future, there is an increase of glory. Did you know that the Lord has ever-increasing glory for your lives? He wants you to have even more glory today in 2022 than you had in 2020 or 2015 or whenever you got saved and you encountered him and, you, and that miracle happened, that healing happened, whatever. There's still more glory. It's ever increasing in your life. But you know what? In order for that to happen, the more requires removing the obstacles to the more. It's interesting because the scripture about ever-increasing glory actually is connected to being transformed to be like Jesus, right? We're contemplating Jesus. In this scripture, contemplation is actually a word that has to do with our mind, doesn't it? Contemplating means I'm thinking about. I'm dwelling upon. It's reflective of what Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 2, that we're being transformed by what? You all know that scripture because it's almost in every sermon I preach. You're like, she's preaching it again. She's preaching it. Well, when we get it, because the glory of God is connected to how we think. It is. It's connected to the transformed mind. We contemplate the Lord's glory. We're being transformed into his image. Being transformed into his image has to do with a renewed mind. This requires surrender. See, the more that the Lord has for you has to do with your surrender of the obstacles to that more. Surrender. I like the more, and I like the glory, but I don't like the surrender. <laughs> so, like, surrender's kind of in that, 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 that world of thought, that category of submission, surrender, dying to self, uh, and that really great one, self-control, which we all don't like, right? The self-control thing. And yet, it requires surrender. I'm going to say this. If you really want more, you're going to show up. Some people say they want more, but they won't show up. You'll show up for what you really want. Now, if I told you, and it really was going to happen, if I told all of Crossroads, I mean, everybody that got our e-newsletter, <laughs> I'm going to make a little, 
I'm not meaning this in a, in a negative way at all, but if I told everybody who got our newsletter that you would get a million dollars, and you, they really would if they came on Sunday right at 8.30 or before, would they be there? They would be, they would be standing out of line. They would be actually probably tents, and there are campers waiting so that they'd make sure. And the truth is this. We will show up for what we prioritize. Whether we want to admit it or not, we will show up for what we prioritize. And the truth is this as well. You will go after what you really want. You will go after what you really want. And the truth is that I want us to take a reflection and look at ourselves in the mirror today and not go away forgetting what we look like. Because the secret to the more is by us identifying the obstacle. You don't really want more of him if you didn't show up to receive more of him. You don't really want more of him unless you show up to receive more of him. Because you show up for your true priorities. You show up for your true priorities. You know the old saying in... You know, I don't know if your mom and dad said this to you, or if your grandparents said that to you. Actions speak louder than, oh, you all know it. Great. The fact is this. It's true, isn't it? You, somebody could chat, 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 chat what they say they're going to do, but the truth is this. Their priority is discovered in their actions. Same way with our walk with the Lord. It was interesting because on our trip in India, we had some very bumpy car rides, very bumpy car rides, and they lasted hours and hours and hours and hours. And one of those bumpy car rides, we were all crammed in, and Swapna, she's a pastor, and she's part of the women's ministry. She was crammed right next to me, and for six hours we were like that. And so we had talk, we talked, and she said to me something that was quite interesting. She said, you know what, she calls me Mama Lynn, and I'm like a, a, an actual mother to her, and we're like grandparents to her kids, and she says, Mama Lynn, how is it that you, every time you're with me, I feel an increase of the anointing on your life. I feel like you are more anointed than you were before. And, I, and she said, I want that. What is the secret to that? What is the secret? And I said to her, I'm going to tell you the secret. Every day, I choose Jesus. Now, I know, this is what I said to her, I know he's already chosen me. But every day, I have to choose him. Choose him in every area of my life. That's the secret. It's no different for you, whatever you do with your life, whatever your assignment is, that you choose Jesus. And you can't choose Jesus and the world at the same time. And you can't choose Jesus and your own will and agenda at the same time. The fact is this. The more that the Lord has for you is dependent upon you choosing Jesus. 
going back to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Why is it that we have to choose Jesus? Because the more is connected to being transformed into his likeness. Into his likeness. And we have the opportunity every day to choose him. The manifest presence, the glory of God flowing through our lives. See, the fact is this, his glory has to be in us in order to flow from us. The richness of his glory, the increase of his glory in our lives. So we have a choice to make every day. Is is he your priority? Do you show up? He's already there. He's chosen you. But you've got to show up because the Lord has more for you. There is an ever-increasing glory that he has for your life. It's interesting, when I was praying about this message the Lord gave me, he reminded me of the story of Israel. Israel going into the promised land. The Lord had more for Israel. The Lord had more for these people that he brought out of Egypt. They're wandering in the desert, and the Lord had more for them. He wanted more for them. He had already promised them this land. He said, this land is yours. He didn't say, maybe it's yours. He said, it is yours. The land that I have told your forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it belong- I have covenanted with them. I had said, this is their land. I am going to give it to you. It's yours for the taking. The more. He wanted to give the more. It was already paid for. The more was already paid for. He had covenanted with them. It reminds me of the New Testament of this. Jesus paid for your more. Jesus paid for the more. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I see this parallel of Israel. God saying, I have more for you. I have a land flowing with milk and honey. And we have Jesus who said on the cross, I paid for your more. Now go and get it. It's yours. It belongs to you. How many Christians live outside the more? Because they won't, simply will not go and get it. Israel stayed out for 40 years out of the more that God had because they would not go in and get it. Jesus has paid for your more. The prom- it says there in that 2 Corinthians 1.20, one of my favorite scriptures in, in the Bible, that all of God's promises are yes. All of them are yes. That is the more. Let me give you an illustration. I know this is going to break down. You know, when you give an illustration, it always breaks down, but... Let's say the owner of Target. How many of you have been to Target before? The owner of Target. Some people love Target. They call it Target. Some people like Walmart. If you like Walmart, think Walmart. I don't care. But the point is this. Let's say the owner said, everything in that store you can have free of charge. Anything that you want. You just go and get it. You got to get it, though. You got to go and get it, but it's yours. If you want it, it's yours. If you need it, it's yours. But you've got to go and get it. you got to show up. 
<laughs> now you're getting it, right? You got to show up. If you show up, it's anything that you want or anything that you need is yours. Now, if you need a camping set, if you need a sewing machine, all these things I don't use right now. Let me think, what, what do I use? Bedding, okay. You can get it. You don't have to pay for it. It's already paid for. I paid for it. It's yours. Now you can receive it. But you know what? you got to go use it. Because you can have a bedding set and it just stay in the packaging. It's no use to you. You can have a camping set and if it stays in the packaging, it's no use to you. So we can know that we can have these things and have them in our atmosphere, have them in our presence, but we also have the responsibility to use the very thing that we've received. The very thing that we didn't even have to pay for. We All we had to do is show up to receive it, and it's been given to us, and now we have the responsibility only to use what we've received so that it can benefit us, so that it can cause us to succeed. You have to receive it. Interesting. Joshua 1.10. They go into the promised land. Israel does. Joshua is told, get ready. Get ready because there's more for you. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. Go and get what I've already given to you. So what's happening is now you're going to actually realize the promise. We can live in the land of a promise without the realization. What does that mean, realizing the promise? The experience of the promise. The Lord says in the scripture, I am giving you this land. Now, let's, who is he speaking to? He's speaking to Joshua as the leader. But let's think about Joshua for a minute here. Because Joshua, this is not a new relationship he has with God. He, this, actually, Joshua has been through this whole process. He's been through the 40 years. He was there 40 years ago. He was, he was Moses' right-hand man. And now Joshua is asked to be taking the people into the moor. But still, God has requirements for them to go into the promised land. Remember this. 40 years prior, there's a requirement. What is the one requirement that the 10 spies would just simply not do? The one requirement, believe. One requirement, believe. And because they could not believe in the more, they could not receive the more. Hebrews 4.2, for indeed we have had the good news preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not united with faith in, by, 
in God by those who heard. It was not united with faith in God by those who heard. They could not get the more, receive the more, the very thing that all they had to do was simply go and get it, simply show up for it. They could not receive the more because they would not believe there was the more. Wow, isn't that the truth in lives of people? Oh, how many people I've talked to. It's, there's this block in the more that God has for them. See, so the issue was unbelief. See, we have to unite our faith. God has more for you. I'm telling you, wherever you are in the journey that you have with the Lord, I want you to leave with this message that God has more for you. You have not maxed out on knowing him. You have not maxed out on experiencing his glory. You have not maxed out on the intimacy that he wants to bring to you, to the, his presence, the beauty of his holiness, all these things that he has for you, the promises that he wants to do in your life. But just like going to Target, I got to show up and I got to remove the obstacles to get there because it's there for us. The promised land is there, but the truth is this, change in us is required. If we go back to that scripture in the ever-increasing glory, it doesn't say stay the same and ever-increasing glory is going to happen. It doesn't say that. It says we contemplate and we are being transformed from glory to glory to glory. So we have to change. The fact is people don't like to change. And we have to change the ever-increasing glory. The more God has to do, has for your life, has to do with change in us that's required to receive because we got to make room. we got to make room. That's what transformation is all about, is change. Being transformed has to do with change. Romans 12, 2, talking about the transformed mind being transformed by the renewing of our mind, change begins in your mindset. Change begins with this computer up here. This this filtering for your decision-making. This filtering, your belief system. Change begins up here. And that's why it talks about contemplating the glory of the Lord. Ever-increasing glory that he wants as he's transforming us into his image. And that has to do, transformation has to do with surrender, and surrender has to do with change. The truth is this, in the more that the Lord has for you, you are involved in the process. You are, this this lazy boy Christianity, hand me the remote control Christianity is over. It's over and it's wrong teaching. You partner in the process. Jesus died on the cross to give you the Holy Spirit so that you have the ability to partner in the process, to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But yet you have to partner in that process. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's interesting. I had a dream this week, and I thought it was a, a, a food dream, and actually, I, 
until this morning, I thought it was a food dream, and I had tell, told David multiple times how hungry I was all week. I don't know any of you have been hungry all week. You wanted to eat everything in sight. Maybe it's because I was back. I don't know. But I was all like, and I was still hungry. You know what I mean? I was like mowing down the lawns, you know, of food, you know, just like mowing it down. I don't have a food disorder. I was just hungry, okay? So I went to bed. I was hungry and tired because we were a jet lag. And so I went to bed and I had a dream. And the dream was I was at a buffet. Okay, there you go. All right, come on. And I was at a buffet, and I picked up this, like, mini apple pie. I know. I don't know why. Apple pie. I'm going around trying to find food to eat on, on my plate. So I'm going around to all this food. I'm like, man, I, I'm putting this food on. And other people are sitting down and eating. But I never got to the place of sitting down and eating in my dream. And so I woke up hungry. You know, I woke up hungry. I told him, man, I must be really hungry. I'm dreaming like this. This morning, I'm praying for this message, and the Lord says, that dream's from me. People, we'll go back to the Target illustration. People are walking around Target, picking up stuff, but never getting to the place of sitting down and feasting on it. Sitting down and enjoying the benefits. Unpackaging it. And knowing that it can benefit them and bring victory and help them in their life. Come on, people. The fact is this. You can be in the atmosphere without feasting. You can be in the atmosphere and still go away hungry. You can be in Target and still go away without what you need because you chose that. You didn't benefit Israel, you did not benefit from the word that was spoken to you because you didn't believe. And we know that to truly believe, faith without works is dead. Therefore, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and the ever-increasing glory comes into our lives as we cooperate, as we respond, as we take the Holy Spirit's hand. We say, change me, God. Whatever you ask of me, change me. I choose you. I choose you in my life. James 2.17, faith by itself is not accompanied by action, is dead. We have partnership with the Lord. For this more God has. The Holy Spirit was given to you. So you have power for partnership with him. So many people say, well, Pastor Lana, are you preaching works? Are you no, I'm not. I'm preaching Holy Spirit power in you. The ability. He didn't give you the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit sits there dormant in your life. He gave you the Holy Spirit so that the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It dwells in you. Dwells in your life. You are life breathers. You are people of his glory. Going back to the illustration with Israel and Joshua. So Joshua brings the people into the more. 
finally, after 40 years, bringing the people in the north. There's not even, they don't even take a vote. You're all going in. I don't know about you, with your kids, there were times when you said, you know what, kids, we're doing this thing. We're not taking a vote today. We're going to do this thing. And that's the way Joshua was. It's time for you to go in. And so he does that. He tells them to get ready. And they go in. And you know, the first thing that they have to face is the Jordan River. This is very much like when they left Egypt. They had to face the Red Sea. It's very interesting because in this parallel passage of the more that God is bringing them into, because when, they brought, when God brought him, them out of Egypt into the desert, he was bringing them into the more then. But now he's giving them even greater things. Joshua 3.15 says this, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest, yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. What I want you to see here is their feet touched the water's edge. Their feet touched the water's edge. Their feet touched the water. The Red Sea, what touched the water? Not feet. Moses' staff. Now, God says, I'm doing it different. Now your feet, you're going to step in first. You're going to participate. I'm growing you up. You're going to participate. You're going to step in. I'm going to tell you for the more God has for you, he's going to require you to step in. He's going to require you to make the decision to step in because to do so requires your faith. For their feet to step into the water, it required their faith, believing that the waters were going to part. It's time for us to step into it. Whatever the more God has for you, as long as you're just standing there, it's not going to happen. You've got to step in. Second thing. He faced, Joshua faced, after they get through the waters, is circumcising the generation. Joshua 5.2, at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. See, let me just say this, before that they could receive the promised land. Remember, this is all before they are dwelling this is before they've defeated any enemy. This is what happens. They have to be circumcised. They have to have a purity. There is a consecration that has to happen. A consecration unto the Lord. What does consecration mean? A declaration of something being sacred. Being consecrated before the Lord. You know, there's areas of our lives where the Lord's saying, you know what, that area I want consecrated. I have more for you. But there's areas in your life for consecration. Not just segments of our life. Many times, and listen, this is part of the growth process. This is a part of being transformed into his image. That the Lord deals with different areas of our life at different times. But I'm going to say this. In our lives, for the more to happen, God consecrates us. He's saying there is a place in your life where you're living fleshly. 
and I'm going to tear it away. I'm going to tear away the flesh. It worked for you in the past. I allowed it in the past. You were just growing up in the past. But now I am maturing you, and I'm going to, tear, I'm going to deal with this area of your life. I'm going to deal with, maybe it has to do with attitudes. Attitudes that you have. Attitudes that you kind of excuse in your life. Maybe a bad temper. Maybe a, a gossip spirit. Maybe a, a critical spirit. Maybe just letting your mouth just run. Just run. Just run. And the Lord's saying, you know what? This area I'm going to address in your life. I'm going to tear away flesh. Maybe it has to do with actions. Maybe how you handle things. Maybe things that you do. Maybe priorities that you have. The Lord's saying, I want to consecrate new areas of your life. Maybe it has to do with entertainment. Maybe there's some things that you've been watching. Maybe it was okay for you in the past. Maybe there was no conviction. But now the Lord's saying, you know what? I'm going to go to your eye gate. There's some areas I'm just going to, I want to refresh. I want to cleanse your eye gate. Come on, people. We're getting real here. How about relationships? You know what? I want you to up your game with your relationships, with your marriage with your children. I want you to have more love. I want you to have unconditional love. I don't want you to have reactions like you used to have. Come on. I'm going to consecrate you because I got more for you. It's not for your weakness. It's for your strength. Come on, Jesus. Consecration, tearing away of the flesh. Why in the world would the Lord have a major surgery of the men of Israel before a battle? Because God doesn't do it like the world. He consecrates them. Says, you belong to me. You belong to me. And in this consecration, it's a sign that I am with you as you go into battle. So they get purified. Before the more, the Lord brings us to purification, the new level of purification. Why is holiness such a bad word? Why is holiness so far-fetched from us? We are of God's holy people. We are God's set-apart ones. And part of the more, the glory of God being manifested in our lives is him addressing things. You say, Pastor Lynn, do you have things that you have to get addressed? Yes. And every time he brings me into the moor, he's knocking on a new door saying, this has got to go. It was okay in the past. It doesn't necessarily have to be sin, people. So many times we well, I'm not doing anything immoral. I'm not doing anything unethical. But the Lord is saying, you know what? I got something different for you. I'm maturing you. Third thing Joshua faces is his own agenda. Before he goes into battle, with Jericho, Joshua 5, 13 and 15. I've read this scripture many times, but the truth is this. Joshua has to relinquish his own agenda. Remember, Joshua was Moses's military man. If you go and read the scripture, you will find it is Joshua who does the military exploits in the desert on behalf of Moses. So Joshua, he is no foreigner to military conquest. That's the truth. But this time, God is saying, you know what? I am addressing your agenda, making sure that you're not going to try to do it the way you think it should happen, or even the way that you've seen it happen in the past. Joshua 5, 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man 
standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? That's an interesting question. Neither, he replied. And that's not what Joshua thought. Because the setup to the question was choose between two things. But that's not the answer by the angel, the commander of the army of the Lord. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for a servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now listen, Joshua was a man of God. Joshua just have, has had Israel come through the Jordan River. Joshua is a man of God, and yet God is addressing and saying, making sure you don't have an agenda. Your agenda may even be good based upon some of the good things God has done. And you've seen the methods and the ways. And you've read some good books. And you've heard some testimonies. You may have testimonies in your own life. You've been part of the church. You've seen great revivals. You've seen churches grow. You've seen ministries grow. And all of these types of things. Oh, I think this is how it should be done. And the Lord is saying, guess what? For the new thing that I'm doing, for the more that I have for you, I want you to relinquish your agenda. So that I can speak to you. And what does God do with Joshua? He does speak to him. And he speaks to him a plan that Joshua has never done before. A new plan. A new plan that would require faith. A new plan that would require trust. How much sense does it make for an army to walk around a city? Not very much. But he walks around that city as God tells him to do. Because... God had more for him. And what was God dealing with? God was saying, Joshua, I want you to trust me. I want you to have faith in me. Why is that story so powerful in the Bible? Because it was a new thing that God did. It was the more that God did. It was Joshua having to believe God and telling the people, let's believe God for this strategy that I have never seen God do before. I'm going to tell you, especially those of you that have been in the church a long time, God has more for you. But quit looking to the past. Quit looking for, oh, I remember when, and we did it this way. Guess what? God has something new for you. Because when we lean into the methodologies of the past, you know what we're doing? We are trusting in methods. You are not limited to your past experiences. God is not limited, by the way, to your past experiences. We become stagnant when we go to our past and we kind of rifle through the files of our past to think about how maybe God should do it. Rather than getting on our face uh, like Joshua did. I take off my sandals. I get on my face before God. God, I'll do it your way. You speak to me. Because God has a new thing. He has a fresh word. God had fresh manna. Why did God have fresh manna? Because he wanted the people to depend on him every day. He has fresh manna for your life. He has fresh manna for, for your spiritual life. He has fresh manna for the ministries that you're a part of. He has fresh manna. He has fresh manna for the word of the Lord going forth. To those of you that don't be driving forward looking in the rearview mirror, the Lord is saying, I got more for you. 
Fix your eyes on me. He never said, look back. Yes, we honor those things. I'm big on that. We honor them. We testify of those things. The testimony is important. You know that I believe that. But the now, the Lord wants to give you the fresh word. The fresh word for your life. Fresh word for your situation. Fresh word. Why? Because you're going to depend on the fresh word. You're going to depend on him. I'm not going to trust in the ways of the past or the religion of the past. I am going to trust in the Lord my God because he is having an ever increasing glory in my life. You say, well, do we have to do everything new? You know what? I don't know. I do know this. We do everything fresh. (laughs) Fresh and new may be two different things. And you know what I mean. All of the, remember, how did I start this message? I'm not going to be, I'm not big on marketing Jesus. Remember that part? Because there's new ideas how to market Jesus. So people, no, fresh. I'm going to get on my face before Jesus. It's going to be a fresh experience. It's going to be fresh in his glory. It's going to be like the waters that pour out, and I drink of his waters every day because I know one thing. If I'm moving forward into the thing God has, I want to know he is with me. I want to know that the walls are going to come down. I want to know that, the, that we're going to defeat the enemy. And the way that I know that is because I know him. And there's that ever-increasing glory in my life. The more that God has for us opens the way to realize his promise. Now, I want to say this about God's promises and realizing God's promises are meant to be realized. Not just to know that he has these promises, but they're meant to be realized. Look at Israel going into the promised land. It was meant to be realized. It wasn't meant to just say, oh, way over there, God has promised us that land as we're still in the wilderness. But way over there, someday, no, they're meant to be realized. Jesus went to the cross so that the promises of, of God are meant to be realized. How about you, grandparents? I like to speak of grandparents. I'm going to see my grandkids in a couple weeks. You give them, okay, when we go, when we get there, we're going to do this. And I'm going to take you shopping. Everybody's going to get a Lego set. And then we're going to go get ice cream. I'm getting all these promises, right? Because I'm a good grandma. That's what good grandmas do. But what bad grandmas do is when I get there, I don't do any of it. I don't give them anything I promise. Well, maybe next time. And then I can show up again. Maybe next time. Maybe. No. It's meant to be realized. It's spoken to us to be realized. God's promises for his children are meant to be realized. That's the way God is. And as the people went into the promised land, it was meant to be realized. Each of the tribes were to realize their own territory that was assigned to them. The the Lord is saying over our lives is this. The promises of God, the more that he has for you, is meant to be realized for his glory. But what also continues 
if you look at the story, if you look at the illustration of Israel, remember this. Israel begins to go into the promised land. Jericho is defeated. But what happens? If you remember the story about Anak, Achan, Achan's sin in Joshua 7. Achan takes what? He takes some of the treasures from Jericho. What, what's the problem with that? God had said, this is my first fruits. My first fruits of this, this is the first battle to be won. And so therefore, all of the treasures are to be burned as a sacrifice unto me. Remember that? What happens to Achan? Achan gets stoned. You think how harsh that is. How harsh of God to stone him and his whole family for stealing the, 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 first, the, the, the treasures from Jericho. Jericho was such a, a, a the city of an enemy, and it was the enemy's wealth. So what's the problem with that? Because God is big on his first fruits. And God cannot allow the people to walk in a curse. Because God's laws are in his spiritual nature and even in his physical world. He has laws. Why do I bring that up? Because in the ever-increasing of Israel was ever-increasing consecration. See, the fact is, is we don't get consecrated once. We keep getting refined. As we go into the more, as we go into the target, as we go in and get what God has for us, there's an ever-increasing consecration too. Just like Israel had the ever-increasing consecration that they had in their lives, God has an ever-increasing consecration. What do we call that in the New Testament? Sanctification. The process of sancti being sanctified, the process of being made holy, the process of the ever-increasing glory, that being transformed into his image. Because the Lord just doesn't have more for us. He has more of him for us. Not just more of, oh, more of his promises, more of his goodness, more of his things, more of this, but more of him in us. The ever-increasing presence of of him, knowing him more, knowing him in the intimacy because his glory is not, doesn't come from the outside in. His glory comes from the inside out. His glory, the riches of heaven are dwelling in us. That's what the, Jesus gave, the riches of heaven. Ephesians 1, 18 and 20 says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms." I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. It's interesting because we go back to contemplation, enlightened. We use those words now. New Age uses all enlightened. And yet Paul, way back when, says this. I pray that your eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Lord, I want more of you. Lord, 
I don't want my lack of faith or belief to prevent me from stepping into the more. Lord, I want to obey you. I want to surrender. Lord, consecrate me in whatever area that you need to consecrate me because that area needs to have a barrier, an obstacle removed so that I can have the more. The more of the riches of his glorious inheritance. Lord, you have an inheritance just like you had for Israel. You had the promised land. You had an inheritance. Lord, Jesus paid for even a greater inheritance. That was just an illustration. But Lord, you, Jesus paid for a greater inheritance. He paid for riches of his glorious inheritance. He has riches of his glorious inheritance for the holy people. And he has an incomparably great power for my life. What an incomparably great power for my life. He has an incomparably great power for those who believe. Do you believe God has more? Do you believe God has more? Because if you don't believe, then you just did what my dream has. You've walked around the buffet. You may have put some food on your table. I like what you said. I put a little apple pie on there. Maybe a little bit of mac and cheese. I like that. What she said was interesting. Maybe. Maybe I'm going to eat those things. Maybe. For those who believe, I'm going to feast on this. I'm going to make it a part of me. I'm going to go out of this place saying, okay, Lord, you have more? Okay, let's go for it. You're my priority. I choose you, Lord. I choose you. I choose you, Lord. You're my priority. Okay, Lord, what, whatever you're saying. Okay, Lord, you want me to step in? I'm stepping in, Lord. Okay, the new thing, you want me to step in? I know that Moses did it with his staff, but you told me to put my foot there, so I'm putting my foot there. Lord, I've had a great history with you. You've been so good to me, just like you were with Joshua. But now you're telling me, I got a new thing for you. It's going to require trust because you've never done it this way before. But I'm the same God, and I am with you. So you trust me, and I'm going to show you how to do it in a new way. A new thing that I have for you. What flesh needs to go, Lord? Man, Lord, is this a really great time to be dealing with me? I got some battles to fight. Why are you dealing with my flesh right now? Why are you dealing with this part of me that feels so painful? When you're dealing with it, and I have all these battles. I got Jericho over there, and you're wanting to circumcise me? That will give you power for that. Come on, Jesus. Come on, right now. This more is not about me. And you, it's between you and him. The Lord has more for you. I just, I, I'm just a messenger. The Lord clearly spoke this word. You know, it's interesting because as I was finishing up the word, the Lord said, listen, I have more for people. Look at the people I had more for. I had more for Zacchaeus. You remember Zacchaeus, the tax collector that's super short up in the tree? 
And he says, come on, Zacchaeus. I, come down. I'm going to your house. I'm going to go to your house. And Zacchaeus, as a result, it says that he gladly responded to the Lord. But what was the result in Zacchaeus' life? Change. Purification. If I've stolen anything, I give it back. I repay. I give half of my wealth to the poor. That's what he says. Because of Jesus. Because he encountered Jesus. Because Zacchaeus said, I want the more. Peter, fisherman, on his boat, as Pastor David was talking about. Here he is. And Jesus says, you, you're going to follow me. Peter went from fisherman to one of the best friends of Jesus, to his inner circle, seeing him transformed, being the man that Jesus says, you're going to be my rock. And on the day of Pentecost, he stands up and he preaches because he got the more. The more. The Apostle Paul, you know his story, the persecutor of the church. God had more for him. He went from persecutor to church planter because of the more. God has more for you. You can say, well, I, I'm not like you, Pastor Lynn. You're, you're all over the world and you do that. You know what? You may be a fisherman. You may be a tax collector. You may do construction. You may be a teacher. It doesn't matter. He has more for you. He's writing your story. He's writing your story. You got to believe. See, the fact is, is that very thought that I'm not like you, Pastor Lynn, is unbelief. The fact is this. He says, believe me, you are here for a reason. I got more for you. I got ever increasing glory for your life. I got manifest presence. I got a way that God is, I am going to manifest my glory not only in you but through you to the world around you that I've placed you in doesn't matter don't compare yourself to somebody else God put you where you are at for a reason in the family you're in in the job you're in in the community you're in for a reason for his ever-increasing glory it's time to go in. Step in. I want you to stand with me. Now, I'm open. Are you open? I'm open. I want you to just talk to the Lord right now. I'm open, Lord. I'm, I'm going to step in, Lord. Let him speak to you right now. walking around saying I got something for you I got more for you I got more for you let him change your thoughts right now some of us have a plan for our future and the Lord says you know what 
Can you give me that plan? <laughs> we got a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. There's nothing wrong with planning. But we say, as Joshua did, I put my face down, Lord. You tell me. You tell me. You tell me. Not me tell you. You tell me. You tell me. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. Come on right now. of you think well I'm looking at my watch here it's kind of a symbol for my life I got huh, a good maybe 15 years left here on this earth <laughs> you go, I think I know how it's gonna go and the Lord's off now ever increasing glory if you'll just step in he didn't say oh you get a certain age no more glory for you no he says ever increasing glory ever-increasing glory and the Lord says to some of you right now the latter will be greater you think that the former is greater because maybe your body was younger maybe you had more physical energy maybe your circumstances were such that you could see how God could use you but now the Lord says the latter will be greater the latter will be greater because the truth is this he has the ability to enlarge your territory for ever increasing glory and he wants to do it and the other thing is this and he keeps saying this to me as one of the reasons why this message is so significant I'm gonna say and I, I I've never been one to really talk like this but the last days are here I mean I I never really believed that I would be here when Jesus would return I, I, I really never did I, I always thought you know what we got I mean I'm a big on evangelism you know big on mission big on all that but it never has been a fueling point in my life to believe Jesus's return is nigh but more so than ever, I see the signs so clearly. And not only that, but the, the speeding up of the signs. The, the, it's, it's becoming a rapid snowball effect. And I think, you know what, Lord? You're coming soon. You're coming soon. And Pastor David and I, we say this many times. And I want you to know this for your life, too, is whatever you're going to do, do it do it now swing hard no more bunting those of you that watch baseball no more bunting you swing hard swing hard swing for the fences home runs time to hit your home runs now don't hold back don't hold back just like isaiah 54 says do not hold back do not hold back it's time to enlarge your territory have the conversation with that person that you need to have or have that conversation about jesus loving on that person and telling them about the love of the lord for them it's time it's time it's time swing hard swing hard swing hard swing hard 
the enemy's swinging hard. You swing harder. Because the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And the enemy is defeated because of his power. But this has to do with the message of the more. Step into the more. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by the stuff of this world. Step into the more that he has. Step into it. It's a clarion call to the church as I have more for you, more of my glory, more of my manifest presence. Believe that the Lord can use you. Believe. Mix your faith with this word. Let's pray. I believe, Lord. Some of you say, I don't know what the more looks like, Pastor Lynn. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just when the moment comes, say yes. That's all. <laughs> you don't, it's, not, it's not rocket science. Don't worry about it. Just say yes. And the more will come forward. The more of what the Lord has for your life, just say yes to him. Be surrendered. Make him your priority say yes. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that you're so good. We thank you that you have riches of your inheritance. We thank you for the incomparably great power for those who believe. We thank you, Lord, that you are with us, Lord. You are for us. You're not against us. Lord, that we thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. We thank you, Lord, in our weakness, you are made strong, that we don't have to be perfect to be used by you. We thank you, Lord, for all of that. You are so good to your children. And Lord, as we go into our worlds, to our assignments with people, Lord, may that ever-increasing glory be manifested in our lives. In your name, amen. God bless you. Get a piece of cake for Rama's uh, celebration. Come again. Let the glory